So there's a lot of love inside the hearts of these 2022 Trojans. Maybe too much. Is that even possible? That's what's coming up next on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download our Download your podcast. We are always free. And I want to thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, If you haven't already, if you see that red subscribe button on YouTube, because that's where you're watching, do me a favor, hit that. It means a lot. And to those of you who already have, again, a sincere thank you. And you can always follow me at my Twitter, at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. Okay, so USC got back into the winner's column over the weekend. They, uh, they another road win. They defeated the Arizona Wildcats 45-37. I should probably say they survived another road win. Um, the game was on the road literally two weeks after their game up in Utah. And then uh, I should say after their embarrassing Embarrassing loss, not USC, but Pac-12. Um, and then uh, they had the bye week in between. And it's you know it's interesting about the bye week is that there it was obviously a very physical week. Um, Lincoln Riley and you know Alex Grinch and the coaching staff. Uh, well, I guess just Lincoln Riley and, and Alex Grinch because we don't get to talk to the assistant coaches. Um, they, they make an emphasis and a point that they uh, they they weren't taking the week off. Uh, they were going to maintain their their status quo, their routine, put on pads, get physical, do what's necessary to to keep winning. Um, and during that bye week, uh, they had some physical practices because it looked like there was more players shelved coming out of the bye week than there were going in to the bye week. Here are some of the names uh, of players who were unavailable to play Saturday in the win against Arizona. So I think everyone anticipated Jordan Addison and Eric Gentry not playing. I talked about that throughout the week last week. Um, I, I saw Eric walking around on the field. First of all, why were either of them on this road trip? Uh, you know, if you got swollen joints, Taking airline flights isn't conducive to rehab. You know, I'm not a doctor. I stay in a holiday in every now and then. I don't know. Um, and also, you have a limited travel roster. So why take available spots away from players uh, who you could use? I don't know. Maybe there's a special rules that if players are not going to be playing and it's made, no, it's made known that uh, you can bring extra players. I don't know. Uh, again, if you have no intention of playing, you shouldn't be on the trip. Um, not because I think you should be scolding them, just because, again, uh, it's a business trip. Bring the players who are going to be able to contribute and help. And I get the uh, the guys on the sidelines having that kind of presence. Sure, you can make that argument. 
However, uh, back to who wasn't available. We knew about Jordan Addison. We knew about Eric Gentry. Uh, did you know that Mario Williams wasn't going to play? I didn't. Uh, Andrew Voorhees, well, um, as I, anybody who's been watching Locked on USC now for the, at least last week, uh, I mentioned multiple times that there was going to be some offensive line changes this week. Well, um, Andrew Voorhees was not available to play, as well as uh, Raylan Goforth and Corey Foreman. Those guys were not in uniform. Um, so those were the players who could not play to begin. There were others who played through injury, and then there are, you know, and then there are others who played through injury and then eventually had to leave the game uh, because the pain just became too much. And look, so I want to go back to the offensive line. So without an Andrew Voorhees, you now have to do some shuffling. So this is who Caleb Williams had protecting him uh, to start the game. Left tackle, Bobby Haskins. Okay. He's been going there all season. Uh, your left guard was Justin Dietich. He moved over from the right side. Center, Brett, Ma- Brett Nealon. He stayed... Uh, he- I mentioned, I think he might be the only one who isn't day-to-day. I know he's, he's a little nicked up, but I, I don't think he's in the same category as his uh, offensive line group. At right guard, Jonah Monheim slid inside, and Mason Murphy took over at right tackle for the entire game. So, uh, again, I, I talked about this happening last week. If you need a reason to keep watching or spread the word, there you go. You're always going to get the best inside information, even if I have to be a little bit vague about it, uh, because we're being asked to by the coaching staff. Nevertheless, uh, Lockdown USC is always going to bring you some uh, big-time information for you to to work with throughout the week, as well as after the games. Um, so by the end of the game, uh, Cortland Ford, had he was replacing Bobby Haskins at left tackle. This Bobby has been playing with a couple of bad shoulders all season. And uh, it's not that he can't play through the pain. It just got to the point where he couldn't play anymore. Uh, And that's really what I want to kind of focus on initially uh, as we get started this week with uh, Locked on USC. First of all, go check out uh, my early written articles for the week. I got my Sunday takeaway as well as my game notes and observations report. It'll kind of give you a little bit of context and fill in some, you know, blank, some cliff, I guess, cliff notes version of what we like to do here. Um, but I, I, I don't think these guys know that they're not supposed to be winning these games after the way they played last season. Remember, they were four and eight. And they didn't even look like they wanted to play in those games. Um, Especially after uh, Clay Helton was let go of his duties. Uh, I think everybody recognized a coaching staff that was still around. And a lot of the players were dead man walking. And that's what they looked like throughout the year last year. (laughs) Dead man walking. Well, um, all it took was, I guess... uh, an infusion of Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, Ed Al, the coaching staff, some portal players, and then all of a sudden, 
the USC Tin Man, they found their heart. And whether they have to, you know, fight off lions and tigers and bears and Pac-12 officiating, oh my, they just find a way to, to stay on their path, to get back home to where they belong. And that's in the national picture. Um, playing on New Year's, playing in a college football playoff. Um, USC is always irrelevant, but their college football is better off when USC is nationally relevant. When they're part of the discussion every week of, hey, are they going to be in the playoffs? Hey, are they fighting for the conference championship game? Not, uh, hey, did you see USC struggle to beat Arizona and they improved to five and three? That's not who USC football is. Um, so, again, they now have completed their road games for the season. Yeah, they still have to go travel to UCLA, but this team gets to sleep in their beds for the rest of the uh, rest of the regular season, and they've earned it. Um, should that game in Tucson have been easier, you know, on the fans' hearts? Yes, uh, but again, when you when you have starters who aren't available to play, including key backups. Um, somehow, some way against a, you know, they got the job done against a, a Wildcat team that is at least offensively, I think people have to admit, they're getting better and better each game. Uh, their wide receivers sure as hell played a, a, a great game. Um, sort of their quarterback, Jaden Delora, 380 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and so while he was having a great game, those wide receivers were just making one-handed catches left and right. They played uh, offensively Arizona played as well as they possibly could, including with their running game. Um, but for all that, uh, Bryson Shaw, he displayed his Trojan heart. You know, you haven't seen much of Bryson since he came over to, US, to USC via the transfer portal. He's been dealing with an injury. He got some significant playing time Saturday, and he stole Arizona's heart when he made an uh, interception in the second half at a key moment, because it really looked like Arizona was, they had an opportunity to maybe scare USC into, hey, how are you going to win this game? Bryson Shaw, it was a key interception. And at that point, you, the fans for Arizona started to leave the stadium. That's what happens when you uh, take somebody else's heart. Uh, Kayla Williams, was fantastic. I'm going to go over the game more by position and by group in tomorrow's episode when you're watching Locked on USC on Tuesday, uh, today's episode Monday, um, where I'm just just break going over the game in, in general in general terms, kind of my feelings, a little venting, a little decompression, explaining uh, what I saw. And, uh, hopefully you, you saw the same thing. If you saw something different, let me know. You know how to comment. Caleb Williams was amazing. I mean, 480 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. And he was missing two of his starting wide receivers and playing with a hodgepodge starting lineup in front of him at offensive line. So with Mario Williams and Jordan Addison unavailable to play, Kyle Ford, you want to talk about some heart? There you go. The guy said what dealt with a couple of different ACL injuries since he's been at USC. 
he just kept fighting and waiting for his opportunity. He had his first 100-yard game, two touchdown receptions against Arizona. Uh, how about Taj Washington? Well, I want to close with Taj. How about Tua C.V. Nomura? We talked about this briefly last week. Not many people knew this, but he played with a compound fracture in one of his fingers. He literally had a bone sticking through the skin, but before he came out of the game, he made a couple of tackles. Um, if that's not hard, I don't know what is. And then Taj Washington, uh, he talked about his love for this USC team after the game. He was asked about uh, his thoughts, uh, you know, when before the season started, before the spring, you know, six new wide receivers showed up either recruiting or through the transfer portal. And he was asked his thoughts about that. You know, did he, did he ever consider, you know, maybe jumping back into the transfer portal? And uh, Taj Washington basically said, look, there's no, there's no place I'd rather be. I love these guys. He, he knows that if you want to be the man, you want to, you want to compete against the best, you're not going to run for the competition. So um, when you hear guys talking about the love for his teammates and knowing that he, that whatever role they need them to do, that's a winning combination. So, yeah, you know, these guys, they might have too much heart. I don't think they understand that they're, they're not supposed to be winning this quickly the way they are. And granted, they're you know they're, they're beating teams they should be, but when you when you look at everything in totality, when you take a bite of the, the whole pie and you really delve into the different layers and the flavors, these guys have really they flipped they flipped the, the, the page. They are on a whole other chapter compared to to what Trojan fans saw in twenty twenty one. So again, on our next episode, I'll break down the each position group. And like we always do on Tuesday, I'll give out my grades. You can bet on it. They're going to get an A for effort. But uh, you can also head on over to betonline.net because they are your number one source for all your betting football and uh, for all of your number one source for your betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports waging information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, the World Series is going on, but who cares? MMA, boxing, and golf. I'm still mad at Dave Roberts and the Dodgers. Uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So I don't know about you, but I really thought Lincoln Riley was going to punch one of those officials um, at the end of the first half Saturday in Arizona. Uh, he never got an explanation after. He literally, he stalked and he, down to the end zone. And uh, he... he he told the media um, after the game, or actually entering the locker room at halftime, uh, he told the media following that they didn't even, I'm going to try and read this quote. He never got an explanation after he stopped. Do, 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 do. Anyways, I'm tired. I apologize.
Here's what you want to know. Lincoln Riley said, after we talked, they admitted that they messed it up. My question was, if you messed it up, why wasn't it stop play and review it? The explanation given to me at the beginning of the third quarter was that they obviously didn't handle it properly, which I mean, anybody knows that who was watching. Look, it was so bad. Mike Bone, uh, the athletic director, he was retweeting every, the media who was just calling out the Pac-12 officiating left and right, as well as George Klyovkov. And I did that as well. Um, like I said, Lincoln Riley looked like he wanted to punch somebody going into the locker room. The way the Pac-12 officials just keep screwing up things left and right, and it's almost like they're making it up as they go. Um, look, until we get the commissioner or his long-necked henchman, Merton Hanks, and I say that because Merton Hanks, who played in the NFL, had a neck that went from my nose to the bottom of my chest. Um, they need to get in front of the camera. They need to they need to apologize, if not to USC, to the rest of the country for allowing this to continue. Um, and this was just the latest crap that USC had to contend with. We all saw the jailhouse assault while the inmates their, you know, the inmates were running the asylum, the asylum up there in Utah. I know a lot of you didn't get to see this game because it was on the Pac-12 network. However, here's the scenario. Let me set it up for you. USC had at least five, six seconds uh, at the end of the first half. They, that they had thrown a long pass. Completion, I think it was down around the four or five-yard line. Uh, I can't remember because the official kept – was an overweight guy limping around. He kept standing over the ball, and then he would move it. And the clock was still running. The play clock was still going. The chains haven't even gotten down on the field yet. I mean, literally, by every metric, you, you, the, the Trojans should have been able to just get lined up, spike the ball, bring in the field goal unit, set up for an extra three points. There's no debate about this. I mean... If anybody wants to go back and watch the replay, you'll see it. The Pac-12 refs, Pac-12 in general, are just a bunch of, they're clowns. Look, I mentioned Mike Bone was kicked off. So if George Klyovkov, commissioner, if you want to keep spinning the narrative that that no one you've spoken to in the USC community is, is happy about the Trojans leaving the big, the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, and leaving you in their wake, go ahead. You keep telling yourself that bad dad, Bob. Literally. Because nobody believes you. I have not met a single USC person, and after watching those this latest debacle, you're going to have a hard sell. Literally. I, I just don't... Look, the Big 12 has already beaten you to the punch with their media rights deal. Just fold up shop. Or burn the thing to the ground and start over because, look, I, I know he, the commissioner took over a, a bad situation, but it's almost like he's watching, he, it's almost like he's Nero right now. He's just watching Rome burn. Oh, look, the last thing the Pac-12 wants is to see USC or UCLA 
in the conference championship game. Let's let's be honest here. Uh, the possibility of him having to hand that trophy over to USC. Imagine if USC gets a playoff berth. I mean, talk about parting in somebody else's house and not giving a crap about the damage as you as you leave. I don't know. It's kind of the impression I'm getting. And for me, this is what I want to see happen. I know it won't, but I want to see USC win the conference championship game in Las Vegas. But I want to see, I want to see some sort of uh, portable pool set up somewhere on the sidelines or far off in the end zone, kind of like you have over there, Diamondback Stadium in Arizona, when the Dodgers won, they celebrated, they kind of jumped in the other team's pool. That would be kind of cool, huh? Okay. So before we get out of here, what we like to do this uh, at the beginning of the week, we go over the new AP poll that was released. USC moved up a spot. Yes, they did. They are now number nine, one spot behind number eight, Oregon, but still one spot ahead of number 10, UCLA, and uh, three spots ahead of Utah, who... You know, Utah beat USC. Go figure. Um, but I think uh, people understand, hopefully, what USC has been dealing with, playing on the road, the way they lost. Um, maybe they're giving a little bit of benefit of the doubt from people outside the conference, right? Anyway, here's the uh, rest of your top 25. Ohio, Georgia, uh, they have 31st place vote. Ohio State held on to number two. Tennessee, actually, Ohio State and Tennessee are tied. I'm just looking at this closely. And Tennessee has 18 first-place votes to, to the Ohio State's 15. Number four, Michigan. Number five, Clemson. Those are all of your undefeated. Number six, Alabama, 7-1. Number seven, TCU, 8-0. So there's your next undefeated team. You can see what kind of credit they're getting. And when you look at their schedule, you're wondering... Why are they behind Alabama? Why are they behind Clemson? I can make that argument. All right. Uh, Oregon, 8. USC, 9. UCLA, 10. Ole Miss, number 11. Number 12, Utah. So you got the Pac-12 just bunched right in there. Uh, so that, that tree will shake itself out over these next uh, four weeks as everyone starts playing everybody. Uh, UC, Oregon's got Oregon State. Uh, obviously, USC and UCLA will play. Uh, Utah and Oregon still have to play. Lots, lots still to come. Uh, Kansas State, number 13, 14, Illinois. Wow, look at that. 15, LSU, 16, Penn State. Uh, they looked good for a little while before, um, before the Ohio State took it to them. I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, Oklahoma State took it on the chin. They dropped to number 18. Number 19, Tulane. 20, Wake Forest. They dropped 10 spots. 11 spots, actually, uh, depending on how you want to look at that. 10 spots. North Carolina State at 21. Syracuse, 6-2 and two at 22. They dropped because Notre Dame went into the Carrier Dome and defeated the Orange. Number 23, Liberty. Number 24, Oregon State, 6-2 and two, Oregon State. Number 25, University of Central Florida. So what's significant about this AP poll 
the first college football uh, playoff poll comes out this week. And I guess I think it's going to be interesting to see how the committee uh, views USC compared to the competition. Uh, they already have three road wins in conference. And again, we can go over this as many times as you want to hear me say it. Um, that loss at Utah is what we'll call, let's just say it was controversial. 43-42 loss on the road. <clears throat> against the team that many considered would be the uh, team to beat or the favorite to win the conference championship game. That uh, win against Oregon State on the road earlier in the season uh, looks better and better as the season goes on. You've got Oregon State now ranked in the top 25, number 24. They've only lost two games. And let's see, what else we got going on here? Oh, you know, I mentioned the Syracuse loss. If Notre Dame can continue to trend up, um, it's going to make USC's final two weeks fun to watch. We know about UCLA. They close out the season against Notre Dame at the Coliseum one week after playing UCLA inside the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So USC's next two games um, should be easy. But uh, look, nothing's going to be easy this year for USC. If, we haven't, if you haven't figured that out, um, I'm just starting to accept that fact that uh, between injuries, the officiating, George Klyovkov being bitter and and talking a whole bunch of junk, um, and who knows, maybe whispering behind the scenes, making life as difficult as possible for USC. Um, nothing's going to be easy these last four regular season games. So you've got Cal this Saturday night, homecoming, 7.30 p.m. kickoff, followed by Colorado on a Friday night, 6.30 p.m., and then USC at UCLA before they finish at home against Notre Dame. Again, they don't leave Southern California. However, if things work out the right way, as I mentioned, uh, those final two regular seasons, final two weeks of the regular season, um, like I said, USC is back. If they can take care of business against Cal and Colorado, Walk in, you know, head into those final two weeks, nine and one. Uh, the nation will be back looking at USC again as nationally relevant. And they're going to say, that's a team that has a lot of heart. When you look at everything they've gone through from spring ball, new coaching staff, new players, injuries, and how they're getting the job done, this team has too much heart. No, you can't have too much. Never can just got to know when to uh, when to walk away. You don't want to look like the Black Knight from Monty Python. So, everyone, until Locked On USC comes at you again, because we come at you five days a week, don't forget to uh, check out Locked On Sports today. You can get that here on this app as well as on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast for free. So, I will be back again with another episode of Locked On USC. Until then, everyone. You know what to do.